Um, if you take your Bible, um, flip over to it or whatever, however, whatever kind of Bible you use, um, and turn to Revelation chapter 2, starting at verse 18. We've been walking through the churches that Jesus spoke to and seeing what Jesus wants them to do. Um, praising them, uh, encouraging them with the things that they're doing right, and then admonishing them um, to continue to do the right and not to do that which is evil. So we come to the church of Thyatira today, and let me read for you these, these verses. And to the angel of the church of Thyatira write the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and your faith and your servant and your patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. In other words, good job, church. But I have this against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat the food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. I will strike her children dead. And all the, all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart. And I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, I who hold not to this teaching, you have not yet, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan. To you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast to what you have until I come. And the one who conquers and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, as, as an earthen vessel pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has ears to hear, and ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches." Thyatira, one of the smaller cities in this circle of churches to where these letters are being written. Somebody asked me last week, where, um, do these, did all the churches get all the letters? And most likely they did. That they kind of made a circuit around to the churches. They are dressed to certain churches, but in that day, the, the letters, you know, didn't, we didn't have email you know, they had to pass this hand to hand. And um, so these letters most likely made the circuit and have made the circuit in Christ's church for 2,000 years. And they are before us today to hear what Jesus says to the church. Well, as I was saying, Thyatira is not um, a big city. 
But it was known for this. Thyatira had all sorts of what they call guilds, groups of people who do a specific kind of work. And it was a great agricultural area. And one of the things that came out of Thyatira is the making of purple cloth. And if you've been in the scriptures any length of time, you can remember that there was a gal by the name of Lydia who came to Christ under the Apostle Paul's ministry. And we read there in Acts chapter 16 that she was a uh, maker of purple cloth coming from the city of Thyatira. In fact, she really turns out to be the first what we would call European convert. She's the one who kind of Paul first touched that would go out into that area. She was a, um, an entrepreneur. She had her business, and she would take her vis- business, obviously, to other places and sell that cloth. So Thyretire was known for these um, shops, these workers. Maybe it was in uh, metal or pottery or the making of clothes. And that would go out to the surrounding areas. And in Thyretire, there was uh, statues and temples uh, made to the gods of the day. One of them being Apollo. And they would go before these temples and bring sacrifices in the temple and became part of the temple ritual, which often would include some sort of um, sexual immorality, adultery. And they would go into these temples and they would pray to these gods and offer their sacrifices so that business would go well. They would go in and say, you know, Apollo, bless uh, the rain to come down and water our crops. Bless my business so that I would make lots of money. I would have success. And it's in the midst of that uh, largely commercial culture that this little church in Thyatira Uh, finds itself. And Jesus says, and the picture of him, he says, uh, these are the words of God who has eyes like flaming fire. They are discerning. They are eyes that penetrate. They burn away all the dross so that the real picture of the church can come forth, that the real picture of your own heart can come forth. And he says that his feet are like burnished bronze. And in fact, if you go back to chapter 1, these are the things that John had written about Jesus, in fact, in all of these churches. He reiterates uh, this picture of Jesus in, in his glory. And those feet of burnished bronze speak to the, the issue of, of authority, the issue of, of judging. And as we see at the end of this letter, Jesus says, if you remain steadfast, you will rule with me in in my kingdom. You will share in the same authority that the Father has given me, I'm going to give you. 
Can harken back to Matthew 28 when Jesus is getting ready to uh, ascend back into heaven and he's speaking to his disciples and he says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, you go, make disciples, teach them, baptize them. The authority that I have, I give to you to make a difference in your world. And Jesus commends the church of Thyatira. Though it's a little church and living in a contrary culture to uh, what it is to be a follower of Jesus, he says, I know your works. You have love. You have faith. You have service. You have patient endurance. And this idea of works, if, as we read through this, notice how many times that idea of works comes up. They live in a city of works. People are working, they're planting, they're harvesting, they're pounding out metal, they're putting it into, the, the, into that crucible, they're making pottery, they are workers. They are a, a group of middle class people. It was not a big Roman city, as I said. There wasn't a lot of government things going on. It was really about making money and living. But Jesus says, I know your love, your faith, your service, your patient endurance, and that your latter works, there's that word, your latter works are better than your former works. He's saying, well done, church. You've started here, and you're getting better as you go on. Jesus says, well done. Keep that up. Then verse 20, there's that great contrastive, but there are some of you who are not doing the work of Christ, you're doing the work of Jezebel. Now, um, some of you probably remember uh, Queen Jezebel in the Old Testament uh, back in 1 Kings 15, 16, 20, in that whole area. Jezebel, um, well, let's put it this way. She, could, she would uh, put all the Disney evil queens together. She would outrank them. She was an evil person. She worshipped Baal, and she... Uh, got a marriage relationship with Ahab, who was the leader in Israel at the time. And um, whether this was a marriage of convenience, we don't know. But the one thing we do know is that she convinced the follower of God, the leader of the nation, to leave that behind and to build temples to Baal. Baal. And he became a worshiper and he drew Israel into that same kind of worship. To worship the God of his wife. And in the midst of that, they would practice all sorts of sexual immorality and uh, unholy sacrifices. Jesus tells the church, he says... Um, there are some of you who have gone in that direction. 
Now, whether Jezebel was, the Jezebel of Thyatira was a real woman or symbolic of the way the nation was going or the church was going, excuse me. We don't know 100%. But one thing we thought of was that um, some people believed that she was symbolic only because no one would ever name their child Jezebel knowing the kind of woman she was like. So the people said, the scholars have said, most likely she was, a, she was symbolic of, it, of the church's turning away, of being involved in the worship in Thyatira. You see, the church wants to, uh, the Christians want to have successful businesses. They want to have good crops. They want to live with some sort of um, comfortableness. And so they are drawn away from steadfast faith in Jesus to worship in the temples, to seek those false gods, to say, would you bless my business? Would you bless my Farm Instead of trusting in God to provide, they trusted in commerce and in culture. And Jesus says, there's going to be a huge price to pay. As he has said to Ephesus and he said to Pergamum, he says to Thyatira, repent, turn from the way you're going and go back toward me. And if you don't, there's going to be tribulation. There's going to be death. There is going to be a pulling down of what you have been involved in. I can, um, I'm old enough to remember uh, what I learned was they were called blue laws. Does anybody remember blue laws? Blue laws is when you would shut down your business on Sunday. The church knew that Sunday was to be a day of rest. And so growing up, I always saw my dad get uh, gas for the car. I don't know, 18 cents a gallon, something like that. Days are not what they used to be. But you'd get gas on Saturday because the gas station would be closed on Sunday. Mom would go grocery shopping on Saturday because the grocery store would be closed on Sunday. And as far as I can remember, in the the town that I grew up in, there was just one radical restaurant that stayed open. And they knew they'd have every church person standing at their door ready to eat. Because all the other restaurants were closed. A few weeks ago, after church, uh, Linda's high said, we had a hankering for Chinese food. And uh, so we said, there's a decent Chinese, little Chinese restaurant in Mitchell. So we drove to Mitchell. We got to the Chinese restaurant. It was closed. 
I think we went to Arby's afterwards. I, I don't remember. But we were brokenhearted because you know what it is to want to go to a place of like that. You're, you know, start salivating, start thinking Chinese, you start thinking gung pao chicken and all that kind of stuff. To which you are now thinking about, and I'm just going to warn you, I think the Chinese restaurant in town is open, but um, don't go to Mitchell, all right, if you're looking for Chinese food. But there was a time when the church said, and even the culture said, Sunday is for God, and so we will lock the doors of our stores. And we all trust God. I remember it was J.C. Penney. It's one of the first big uh, stores that started to open on Sunday. And boy, was there trouble. He said Mr. Mr. Penny is probably rolling over in his grave when he saw that happen. But what the church is doing is that they are leaving... Jesus, they are, if we can put it this way, they are leaving the Sabbath and they're saying, we need to work. We're not going to trust in God to provide. We're going to trust in these gods in this temple to provide. We're going to take our thoughts and our hopes away from uh, Jesus's, God the Father's provision, this provision of the Holy Spirit into our lives and into our uh, even into our our homes and our livelihoods, and we're going to trust in this false god of commerce, of money, of increase. And Jesus says, thou shalt not repent of these things. Repent or things are going to get really tough. But Jesus then tells the church, he says, but I'm not going to lay anything else on you. You're doing well. Just don't go here. Repent of that and trust me. Follow me. Do what I do. Do my works. Don't give in to just working to provide for yourself or to build your bank account. Trust me. Don't trust the things of of this world. And let's be honest. That, That is difficult to do. That is difficult to do. It's expensive to live here and getting more expensive as the day goes by. And there's a temptation in our lives, even as the church, to say we'll put our hope in this. We'll put our hopes in the things of this world. I'm a short-termer here, so I'll just go ahead and say it. Sometimes we as the church are more moved by the things of commerce, of our culture, than we are 
centered and moved in God's word. I served in a church a little while ago, and they spent um, close to $20,000 to redo the platform. It was a fine platform before they did that. And I've been part of churches that have um, done what, we, what we've done here. We put up screens and projectors. And, and sometimes we fail to ask the real deep question of, of why. And often, even though we may not admit it, the real answer deep inside of us, especially for pastors, is that good church that big church, that successful church has this. And if we want to be successful, if we want to be uh, culturally relevant, we've got to do this. Now, I, please hear me. I'm not trying to judge things. I'm just trying to bring out the reality that we all face, all of us. And to say, what would Jesus? Remember the, remember the um, rubber race, race um, what do you call those? Bracelets that we had a number of years ago, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And I always want to know, I, I thought it stood for what would Judas do? But... Um, you know, we ask ourselves the question, it was cool to wear that bracelet, but how often do we ask what Jesus would do? Jesus blesses us to be a blessing. That's why he's freed up your hearts to generously give and the church to generously give to the things that move the heart of God. That's the bottom line. What moves the heart of God? Not what makes Randall feel comfortable. As much as I like comfort. But what moves the hand of God? It's a hard question. But Jesus says, do my works. Do my works. He says to the church, he says, don't go after the deep things of Satan, but rather hold fast until I come. I'm coming back. Hold fast to what you've got. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your work in the Lord is never in vain. That's what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. Notice that it says here in verse 26, he says, who keeps my works. At this point, it's not my words, as important as that is. And he does say that over and over again. But here he says, I want you to keep my works. You people in Thyatira who are workers, I want you to keep my work. Keep doing what 
I do. We can look at Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit. This is, what, this is the work we are to do. To be patient, to love, to be kind. These are the works of Jesus and what we are called to do. Do my works. And as you do my works, I will give you authority. I'll give you authority over the nations. You will rule them. It's important. A lot of our Bibles say rule, but um, the word there is really the word we get shepherd from. Jesus says, I'm going to let you shepherd the nations. Church, my church, I'm going to give you authority so that you can shepherd the nations. But yes, with a, not with a wooden crook, but with a rod of iron. I give you the authority to shepherd strongly. And if you remain steadfast, and if you do my work, I will give you the morning star. And in Revelation chapter 22, we are told that Jesus is the morning star. So Jesus essentially is saying, I will share my authority with you, and I will actually give you myself. Remember in Matthew chapter 5, and Jesus says, you, church, are the light of the world. And the reason that we are the light of the world is because Jesus shines in us. He is the light. We are just receptacles of that light that shines forth. Not under a bushel, but out where everybody can benefit from it. So, Church of Bethesda, those in the room and those of you watching online, um, let us continue in the good works that you have done and are doing, and let's remain steadfast in doing those things. And let us, in all the things we do, as, as individuals and as the body of Christ in this location, ask the question, what would Jesus do? What would he have us to do? What are those works that he has blessed us in and to do. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Pray with me, please. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.